Hello and welcome to this episode of the Horror Drafts Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brantley Palmer, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Mr. Nicholas Schwartz. Nick, how are you? Doing well, Brantley. Good to be Wonderful. back here doing this. Yes, it's been a while, so hopefully uh, yeah. our fans will be happy that we have another episode, and I hope they are because we have a wonderful guest today. Our guest is a digital marketer and comic book author from England whose work includes the titles The Curious Case of Kane's Canon, The Final Status, Megway Blues, Tommy's Prayer, Future Quake, Untethered, and Lad. I know him best as the data analyst and runner of the Cozy Tournament for the With Gorley and Russ podcast. Please welcome to the show... Mr. Umar Detta. Umar, how are you? I am terrific. I'm very excited about this uh, podcast, and I just, I'm raring to go. That's all I can say. Wonderful. I'm happy <laughs> to hear it. We're raring to go, and uh, you brought us a topic uh, for this draft. You decided on horror for dads. Can you tell us a little bit about that choice and what made you want to pick that? Well, it's a lot to unpack. I know it is. Um, <laughs> how, how I came up with that decision is, well, initially I sent over to you, I think, a list of like maybe four or five topics. Uh, I, I went for the sort of, you know, the ones that people would think as fan favorites, you know, zombies, remakes. But I decided, you know, I love going for like something outside of the, you know, normal choices. And I thought, why not go for a really specific but I, I, what I would think an interesting topic and it's movies for dads and with this uh, there's like a massive caveat and I'm sure we can unpack it down the line of what actually constitutes a movie for dad but mm-hmm. one of the reasons why, why I picked it is because um, I well it's just something that I've personally just sort of manifested out into the universe in that I want to write either in film or comic or anything like that the next great dad movie mm. and by that all that you know movie comic whatever the medium is and that's basically it's like taking inspiration from you know directors that i love like you know michael mann friedkin and all these guys that, that those are like the quintessential dad filmmakers that i and the more I describe it the more it should be painting a picture of what <laughs> what you kind of see <laughs> and that's where like the initial concept came from and Mm-hmm. Normally, you know, dad movies are crime movies, action movies, but I'm like, let's challenge ourselves and let's go and pick some dad horror movies. That's that's where the idea came from. Awesome. And I believe you sent some parameters. So can you at least give us like a, a general idea of in your mind what constitutes a horror movie for dads? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh well, well, I think the way that I think it again, this is completely up to interpretation and I love to hear your guys' thoughts on this as well. But I think it's in two sort of um, main parameters. So the first one you have is uh, where someone in the movie, either a protagonist or a, a, a memorable character, is someone that your typical schlubby dad can mm. associate themselves to. So I, it doesn't necessarily mean that the dad, that that the hero is quote unquote a father or anything like that. But it's someone. It's either it's either wish fulfillment. Or mm. having some sort of connection with that person, so that's the first sort of caveat I have in the horror movie. And the second one would be, it it doesn't have to be specific to a subgenre, but the subgenres that are typical with dad movies are either extreme horror, gore, and you know, like dad loves to see blood, does love to see the sort of you know violence. Uh, so you got like the blood side, 
you've got the extreme action that's another side mm-hmm. but the third side now this is something that I think is really important for dads because dads love to laugh it'll have to be comedy as well mm. so that that is something that if you can get a trifecta of that then you really hit a nail on the head there but that that's okay. my thoughts on it there nice yeah no I think these are all great points and I think that uh, when you when you originally gave us the topic I was like oh that sounds fun and that's very much what I was thinking as well like not necessarily horror movies that had dads but that there were people like you said who uh, a dad character can identify with and kind of get that wish fulfillment from like you mentioned so I I love it I'm I'm excited to do this job and I'm very curious to hear what either of you came up with with some of your films because there were some decades that were harder for me than others. And I guess that's the other thing we should mention, which is that the plan is to draft one horror movie from each decade, starting in the 1970s, going all the way to the 2010s, just to make it a little bit more of a challenge for ourselves, essentially. Yeah, and it's also just to pay uh, homage to, obviously, the brilliant episodes that you guys did, the massive 90s crossover mm-hmm. uh, with... Uh, you know, was it like four other? Yeah, I think it was four of the yeah, podcasts. Yeah, four of our podcasts. Yeah, the yeah. Five Day Rentals, uh, Nerds, Geeks in the Kitchen Sink, Sink, excuse me, the Weekly Podcast Massacre, and Best Little Horror House in Philly. We should give them all a shout out. So if I figured I'd run them, give the rundown right there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Give them a follow if you haven't, guys. They're really great. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was just based on that, and uh, I, I think I even mentioned in our sort of like our emails with each other. It, it's to make it challenging because we could very easily fill our top fives from the 70s and 80s and call it a day. Yeah, I, especially the 80s for me. Uh, mm, I actually yeah. had a little bit of a harder time in the 70s than I was expecting to, but maybe that's just kind of, of the mindset I had for like, you know, the the dad horror film. But So anyway, we'll get into the draft though in just a minute, folks. You know we always ease into the podcast that we always check in with Nick and with our guests to hear, you know, what have they been watching, listening to, reading, or otherwise consuming. And Umar, you are a guest. Please, what have you been enjoying lately, whether it's horror or not? Um, recently, um... Well, watching movies, I've been re-watching old movies like just today, uh, recently re-watched a little bit of Starship Troopers, want a bit of, you know, a bit of nice. good old fun there, um, and TV shows, I think, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't really try to keep up with TV shows and all that stuff, I'm always busy with other stuff unfortunately, but I finished the House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, whatever, the you know, ah. uh, uh, Game of Thrones 2.0, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, recently <laughs> finished that off, Um it was fine. It was good, but mm. yeah, you know, um, it's it's a fun show for what it is. A bunch of weird incest people with flying dragons, like cool, like you know, it's good. <laughs> like, but it's, it's definitely a show. But what I've been really into over the last couple of weeks was um, uh, William Friedkin's uh, autobiog- autobiography, po- uh, not podcast. What's it called? The audiobook that oh, he did. Yep. Um, I think uh, what's it called the Friedkin Connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's not in print anymore, so I got it through, let's just say, means. I just, you know, okay, got sure. my hands on it, and it is wild. It is one of the best things I've ever listened to. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, Does he like, read it himself? Yes, yes. Oh, it is. Wow. It is read cool. by Freakin himself, and it's in it, and it uh, begins from obviously his childhood. Mm-hmm all the way to pretty much killer joe because that's when he mm. uh, uh recorded it and 
it is comprehensive. Obviously, it's it's an audio book, and I got it in a, a MP3 format. But it, mm-hmm. even on the on the tracks, it says this is the end. This is the ending of disc X. Please switch to disc disc whatever. I think it goes up to like ten or twelve discs. Or oh, not? Not sorry, mm. eighteen. It just oh, carries 18? on going. Wow. It is massive and it is awesome. I loved every second of it. Um, I highly recommend it. Does does he say in the book that he doesn't consider The Exorcist a horror movie as well? Because I've heard him times. make this. Does he <laughs> numerous times? He's like, I never consider. Like, I can't do his accent. His accent's like from Chicago, and it's under otherworldly to me. But uh-huh. and and there's so much stuff he says there where you're like, holy shit, this guy's insane. But I can't stop listening to him. It <laughs> it, 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 it. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry for this. I don't know if I'm not allowed to swear here. Sorry about that. Yeah, of course uh, you can. Of course. Oh, oh great, great, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, with uh, uh, with the stuff that he says, it's. Uh, I, th- I think uh, someone someone said to me that it's like your your granddad rambling, but in a good way. <laughs> so I really recommend it because so, some of the stuff he says, you're like, wow, what, why wow. is he saying this, and how do we get more out of him? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's I, I'd I'd heard the like the comment he'd made that he doesn't consider the Exorcist horror, which I just think is so wild. I don't know, like it just kind of I don't know. It just goes into that thing where it's like some directors just. <laughs> think lesser of the genre and so they don't want to be considered to have even worked in it even though The Exorcist is one of the biggest horror movies of all time absolutely, absolutely. and, and, expected, and, and as, as expected in his uh, chapters on Sorcerer they mm. are amazing there's literally I think there's like a, a part when he says he's invited to pretty much uh, you know when he's recording in South America a, a like a dictator's house to let mm. him see the art and Friedkin's with his, uh, I think, associate producer, just walking around, and he's and while the producer's like translating and showing him the art, the the, the dictator or you know the general or wherever he was doesn't speak English, and Friedkin was saying this is a piece of trash, this is awful, this is rubbish, and the guy was just laughing, and he thought the guy didn't understand, but the girlfriend of the dictator who was there or like the mistress understood, and he was like, <laughs> if she would have wrapped me out, I would have been dead, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> It's just Jesus. like that. anecdotal stuff like that. It's worth the you know the, however you can obtain it. I really do recommend it. It's worth it. Oh, that's great, uh, Nick. What about you, man? You had any time to? I have actually. Yeah, it's been. Um, well, we've been on a hiatus, so um, yeah. I was just looking at my letterbox, and I was just I, I'll do a real quick run through because it's been a fair amount. Um, I saw Speak No Evil which is on Shudder, and which I absolutely loved. And mm. this will come into play later, I think, um, in terms of, um, you know, horror for dads. But I've found that um, basically this movie is something that I think, you know, six years ago, five years ago, I would have appreciated, but on a different level. It wouldn't have really upset me as much as it did. But I mm. found it to be one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen. Because now that I'm a father, this kind of thing really gets under my skin. I mean, this is like every parent's worst nightmare. It's about, um, you know, two people who are, which I completely identify with, like having, struggling to want everyone to like you, (laughs) not wanting to be confrontational with anyone, and that getting them into a whole bunch of trouble. Um, Mm. It was, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was just, I was just totally uncomfortable and and i loved it um 
I saw Deadstream, which I really loved. It's a blast of a found footage movie. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fall, um, the movie where they're Ooh. stuck on the television tower, which, you know, like, I was trying to think of what I would compare it to. Um, Frozen? The, uh, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, What's I couldn't one? think yeah. of his Adam name. Adam Green? Adam yeah, Green, thank Adam you. Green, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's, it's essentially that. Um, but uh, just, you know, with the heights taken, the level, you know, the heights thing taken to a an extreme um but very clever really fun um the new hellraiser on hulu which i enjoyed um i thought it was i thought it was really solid i mean i've never the hellraiser movies have been never my favorites Uh, i revisited like the first two in the last few years and found that i liked them a lot more than i did when i was younger but um Mm. i really liked this one i mean i would i would personally say that the new hellraiser i would put it you know right up there with one and two i i Mm -hmm definitely would say it's as good as those um terrifier 2 which was Mm. not crazy about the first one so i wasn't particularly excited about this one but um actually really good okay oh good it's like a waking nightmare it's just like it's very dreamlike logic and um Mm. i stories of people getting sick and throwing up in the theater and walking out i mean maybe i'm just desensitized um it was very violent and um but it was like it's all in like just the first one is so mean-spirited, and I think that's part of what I didn't like it. And yeah. this one yeah. was really fun. Um, okay. It, it's still mean, but, you know, there, there was, there's something else going on there that made it a little more palatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, that's kind of what the vibe I've been getting, because much like you, I was not a huge fan of the first one for the same reasons you're talking about. And I've heard from a lot of people who weren't fans of the first one that the second one is a lot better and is more fun. So that's that's good to hear. Yeah, it's um, it's just bit, I, our friend Dave um, mm-hmm. saw it and and basically compared because he liked the first one too, but he was like Terrifier two is like the raid two, to okay. Terrifier's the raid. I mean, it's just it's bigger, it's longer, way more violent. It's just it's just more of everything. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm taking a long time, but lastly, no, I, I no, saw no, Halloween ends. Um, oh yeah, which is has been very polarizing among friend groups here and I was like I was ready to love it because I heard so many things like oh it does so much stuff differently it's daring like you're you know if you appreciate that you'll really love it and if you don't you're going to hate it (laughs) I do appreciate that but I did not like it I think that Hmm. it brings up a whole bunch of great ideas and then it does nothing with them it could have been awesome Um, are you not a Corey Hollick like everyone else (laughs) I mean I actually really I thought that was good um, I thought that was good, and I don't want to no spoilers, but I thought there was other ideas that they brought up that they didn't mm. explore, like the idea of where I really thought they would go at the end of the kills. It just is that you know, it's not so much a man, but it's it's just like the essence of evil, and he's like poisoned to this town of mm. Haddonfield, and like I could have easily seen a Halloween sequel going that route, and like having no Michael Myers. And not in a season of the witch way, like existing in the same timeline and canon, but um, you know, like a post Michael Myers universe where like Haddonfield has just been destroyed as a town, um, mm. and there's like a plague of violence or something because he's infected it. Anyway, that probably was a spoiler, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it. It wasn't my favorite. What Umar, about you? I'd love to... Oh, oh, sorry. I was gonna see see what Umar's thoughts were on uh, Halloween Ends. If you've seen it. Um, okay, so Halloween ends. I was not a big fan on Halloween kills. I just want to give that as a mm. preface where it 
I, I, I didn't expect much from kills, but unfortunately it didn't deliver. But thankfully, mm. when I was going into ends, it lowered the bar for me. Not not in necessarily mm. a bad way, but just like, okay, I've seen what kills is, let's see what ends is. And it was pleasantly good. Like, at the, mm. it, 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 unlike kills, it actually opened up questions in my head that I wanted to ask. Rather than I'm glad I'm glad end is over. Let's just carry on with the next one. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm glad that kills is over. Let's go on with the next one. But ends, it, it like it had moments that I really enjoyed. Not by no means what I would class as a very good movie, and maybe not even a very good Halloween movie. It's it's a very <laughs> weird movie. It's a, yeah. it's a, it is on its own merits, and for what it is, it, it strangely works. It's. I, I can't. I can't. It, it, it's like a movie that, as cliched as it is, it's kind of transcends explaining because I can't <laughs> explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree I, with that. Yeah, same here. And um, I'll, I'll speak to Halloween ends because I did a. Uh, I was going to talk about. I had a uh, Saturday night to myself, so I did a uh, triple feature, a horror triple feature, where I watched Barbarian and Smile in the theaters, and then came home and watched Halloween Ends on Peacock. and um yeah and similar to both of you i feel like the way i feel about halloween ends is that it's like getting into a nice comfortable warm bath but you don't actually wash yourself it's just like being in that like comfortable halloween feel of the movie which i enjoy but it didn't succeed in what i was like hoping it would do but at the same time you can't judge a movie by what it doesn't do you have to judge it for what it is and so on that regard i'm kind of like yeah it was you know it was fine it wasn't what i was hoping for but like as a film on its own i think it was interesting and i think that's actually very important because i think we're getting you know some of these sequels that just I, i don't find particularly interesting or compelling and i think this at least had that going for it where it was asking questions and bringing up thoughts that um, haven't been explored yet in the franchise, really, which I think was was uh, compelling. But yeah. yeah, it didn't really, it didn't really scratch the itch that I was hoping it would. Mm. But it was fine. That's, yeah. That was my feeling. I love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when you know people are willing to take like a daring approach to like an established franchise. So like, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was like totally fine. I did not dislike it by any means. I I kind of left feeling like that was a good movie, but um, I feel like there was a lot of squandered potential there. But I mm, will say yeah. that now that that trilogy is over, um, reflecting back on all three of them, it's like interesting. My thoughts coming out of it, and you'll probably appreciate this, Brantley. I don't, I don't know about you, Omar, but um, Brantley and I have talked about Halloween H two O a fair amount on this podcast. I left this trilogy feeling like, first of all it's three very different movies which is cool in some ways um actually but i felt like they were all sort of useless like i felt like the first one was kind of throwaway because it was just the first one the first halloween all over again kind of um and it didn't feel like necessary and then the second one was just what it was i know a lot of people hated it and then this one was different but when it all wrapped up i found myself thinking like eh it was three movies. It didn't feel like it needed to be three. And I really feel like they did the survivor Lori a lot better in Halloween H2O. I just found that more compelling. Um, mm. yeah. And I know like people just hate the, the sister timeline that she's, and that never bothered me. So that's a big component of it. I totally understand if people dislike that, but yeah, at the end, I just kind of felt like 
those were well-made Halloween movies for sure. If you look at the franchise as a whole, um, very well-made movies, great soundtracks, obviously. I just left kind of feeling like a little bit empty. Like I had fun with mm. all three of them, but they, I wish they, I, I don't know. Um, that was my yeah, takeaway. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, I, I think after what you mentioned there, Nick, um, I think we might have stumbled onto a parallel of Halloween and Star Wars. He, hear me out, hear me out. So <laughs> I have, want to hear this. You have um, <laughs> Halloween 1, Halloween 2 with you know the hospital, and maybe Halloween 4 or Halloween H2O. Depend- well, actually, Halloween H2O retcon- uh, retcons back to number 2, doesn't it? It sort of skips. Yeah. So, so, okay, 1, 2, and 3, you could kind of class them as the original trilogy. You know, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and, you know, Return of Jedi. The Thorn trilogy, um, 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. both versions of 6, the theatrical and the producer's cut, <laughs> that is your prequels. Wacky, wheel, but but fun, very fun. Mm. And now you have the, uh, what would they call them, the, the uh, sequel trilogies, you know, the... Um, Last Jedi and you know the the ones that mo- most recently came out. Yeah. Those are your golden green ones, which fine, a mm. lot more flash, a lot more money behind it. But like you said, Nick, didn't really bring anything. That's a really good comparison because yeah. like you look at like um, uh, I can't even remember the Force Awakens and like that criticism walking out of that movie was like, well, this is just a New Hope again, which is exactly how I felt <laughs> after <laughs> watching. And, and, and the most and the most diverse one was the second of the of the new trilogy so you know the uh, the last jedi and halloween kills are exactly the same right that's a really apt <laughs> metaphor actually it is yeah <laughs> i totally just bear with me it'd be worth it, be worth it. <laughs> i like it no we we encourage our guests to go on tangents on this <laughs> podcast so i think that was fantastic and it it came around beautifully because you tied it uh together perfectly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so here's a quick question. Not that I want to just talk about Halloween all the time, but of this new trilogy, what what is what are the two of yours rankings for it? And Umar, we'll start with you. Oh, well, uh, out of the the 2018 kills and ends. Yeah, yeah, just of these three. Okay, so I'll, even though, well, yeah, it would be uh, Halloween, the 2018 one, because it just it was just you meat and potato Halloween with a little bit of twist and exactly what. What I wanted, I really love the ending on there. Mm-hmm. Um, second will be Halloween Ends. Uh, what I'll say with Halloween Ends is again not going to into spoilers, but the first twenty or twenty minutes or half an hour really fun, really good, and the last twenty minutes, half an hour are really good. The middle, mm. I have no idea what they were on, but fine, it's fine. <laughs> like you know, it, it, it was a trip, and I'm I'm glad I was on board. But on that merit, it's really fun. But yeah. then kills is yeah it's it's it's, it's probably my least favorite, which is bonkers because it has such good gory kills, but it's just something missing and it just seems a bit too out there for me to mm. really enjoy. Which I really I, I'm trying to appreciate kills and I'm sure if I'm probably do a rewatch and I probably will find some merits in there because like I said some of the kills are just awesome. But yeah, it, it just it just and like death dies tonight and hope lives tomorrow or something like that you know when you try to do the mirror I was like that is so dumb even for a Halloween movie don't try that please no <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's my ranking 
that's I, I'm just gonna jump in and say that's exactly my ranking too. Yeah, uh, I would do the I, same I, order. Oh, look at that! For we're, sure. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all on the same page. We're aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in for many of the exact same reasons that you mentioned, I I agree that kills has like these really great um, Halloween kills has these really great kills in it, and um, you know, I it gave a lot of for people who really want to see the violence and gore, it gave them I think a lot to to. Uh, chew on but i agree it's just that the the evil dies tonight is so hokey and like over the top in that movie and i'm just like come on (laughs) you know so uh excellent all right um okay so i'll just mention i watched barbarian and smile too barbarian is friggin wild uh (laughs) it's crazy it left me a little cold um i think part of that is because i have trouble when it comes to like dehumanization in films and i feel like some of the quote-unquote evil characters are well in quotes uh very dehumanized living underground there so uh that was I, I appreciated how it tried to like subvert expectations a lot throughout the film. Um, I'm not sure if either of you have seen it. Um, have you seen it, Umar? Uh, not yet, but it is something that okay. I'm probably going to watch over the weekend uh, in the cinema. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I won't say too much because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but I do appreciate how it attempted to subvert expectations and thought it was clever in a number of ways there. And then uh, I saw Smile. I like Smile a lot more. Uh, not a lot. I liked it a bit more. I think they're both decent films. And I think Smile is uh, uh, pretty good. A little bit, a little bit above uh, Barbarian, basically. But uh, those are some of the uh, some of the stuff I've watched recently. Um, all right, enough of us talking about Halloween and all this other stuff. You're here for a draft, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else listening. Uh, so let's get right into it. We uh, figured out our draft order before we began recording. Uh, the order is going to go myself and then umar and then nick did i remember that right because all of a sudden i'm questioning it is that is that what we decided that's correct yeah okay all right perfect um umar will be the commissioner of this draft he will rule with an iron fist and determine if our picks are or are not horror for dads uh now umar let me ask you real quick did you envision us being able to pick from whatever decade we like with whatever pick, or did you want to go like first round we're doing the seventies and second round we're doing eighties or anything like that? I think it'd be more fun if it's just free fall. If it's like okay. you pick whatever you want. Um, I'm just gonna say that I have spent a bit of time to be prepared, just to be fully candid that I do have <laughs> a, p- a few backups and backups on top of backups, so I feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. Whatever, there Perfect. might be some heartbreaking choices. I know from my side. Mm. But I'm happy mm-hmm. with whatever choice I ultimately go with. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, uh, with that in mind, uh, I will go first. I, I also tend to have a lot of backups just to be safe, but I'm going to start in the decade that I feel like I have the fewest picks for. I had the hardest time thinking of dad horror, and that, believe it or not, is the 70s. That was actually the hardest decade for me to find dad horror. Now... I'm going to throw a pick out here. And Umar, I'm, I'm giving it right to the commissioner to give a veto to or to give a yay to. And I want to take the original Halloween from 1978 because I'm going to argue that Donald Pleasance, as Dr. Loomis, is himself a father character to Laurie and the other kids in Haddonfield who he tries to get out of Michael's wake and uh, is the character that most dads are going to relate to. He's an older gentleman. 
he's got his firearm on him. He's the one who comes in at the end to, to save the day and get Laurie out of harm's way. Uh, he's the one with the knowledge about this character, this evil Michael Myers. Uh, and that is, I'm just, now I'm just throwing it to you, Umar. Commissioner, is that an acceptable choice for Horror for Dads? We have taken this on board. We have taken your uh, appeal there and we grant it because that is exactly why it is on my list as well. One of the many 70s okay. one I have for that reason where Donnie P is <laughs> is <laughs> the ultimate... He's kind of like the deadbeat dad for both Laurie sure, and, for, yeah. and for Michael himself because yes. he's like, who taught Michael to drive? Someone did. Well, you're his caretaker. How do, you, you're literally a psychiatrist meant to be there for him. How do you not know this stuff? Yeah, and for that yeah. he's awesome. But yeah, with the redemption at the end where he comes in to save the day. He's the ultimate deadbeat dad, but I love him. Yes, same here. I And I agree, and I, I, I wasn't even talking about... I didn't even mention his ability to be like a father figure to Michael as well, So, which is 100% accurate as well. So yes, I am so happy that the commissioner has granted Halloween <laughs> as an appropriate horror for dad's film. So that is my first round pick. Uh, and Umar... It is going to you now, sir, for your next pick. Or for your first pick, for, Yeah, for, for me here. Uh, see, this is, this is the trouble when you have ten films for each decade. Mm. <laughs> I told you, I, I was being very <laughs> excessive, and it, the, the list just kept building. But, yeah, you know, everyone knows what to expect from me, and just so happens to be tying in with the whole concept of movies for dad you know sorry horrors for dads you know that sort of thing and you know i'm i'm just going to play to the crowd here as well and i'm going to go manhunter it just is it's just there from the <laughs> 80s i don't i've i cannot count how many hours i've spoken about manhunter that have been recorded on various podcasts so i'll try to keep this brief check out yeah. george's podcast in the <laughs> yes the best little horror house in philly where, yes. where i talked about it for way too long um, <laughs> but okay, but I'll I'll speak from it from a a dad's horror sort of perspective. Um, mm. Will Graham is like, you got to think that's like his driving force and the sort of relationship that he has with his his son and also with the other families where it's it's beyond just oh a guy's uh, hunting down a serial killer, which is another very important trope in dad horrors where you know. Mm-hmm. A, a, a you know a, a, literally a manhunt, um, but it's it's just beyond there. It's just that sort of that cool sort of eighties vibe in there, where it's very harsh and very mellow at the same time. Where there's it, it, it just feeds in that whole sort of energy of like you know like you could argue that well I would argue that the the ultimate dad movie is Heat, made mm. by Michael Mann himself and. This is in the peak of Miami Vice where there's pastels and all these colours and all that stuff as well. It just is the perfect recipe for yeah, the ultimate eighties well, that's that now this is the other thing. I wouldn't class this as the ultimate eighties dad's movie, but it is up there and it is one that yeah, it, it, it will just be associated with that forever. So that that that's why that's yeah, that's exactly why it's my pick. Nice. Wonderful pick. I didn't even bother to put it on my list in the 80s because I had a suspicion <laughs> you were going to be grabbing it, Umar. With two hands, <laughs> with two hands, just grabbing it right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great pick. Uh, Nick, you are up now with your first round selection. 
Sure, yeah, I, I will I will preface not just this pick, but my entire draft here by saying it, it was tough to, to meet all the criteria, and so ultimately I found myself also just thinking, and I can't tear myself away from myself, so it's like I'm thinking about movies that dads will like, and it's like I can only picture my dad and what he would like, so that's a very mm. personal thing, and I don't think that's necessarily representative of most dads at all, so... By all means, please shoot my picks down. Um, if, but that doesn't apply to my first pick. I think okay. I'm going to the 80s. Um, the obvious one that you probably think I'm going to pick. I've talked about it forever on this show. And I'm gonna I'm gonna subvert expectations here and not pick it. Whoa. It it might be my it probably would be my top choice if I had to. But for fun, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something different and I'm gonna pick something else that I really like and something that I've meant to see. For you know, since high school, I've been reading about it, wanting to see it. Everyone says it's great cult film, um, and I never got around to it until this week. So I want to thank Umar because this is—it was an excuse to watch this. Was prepping for this draft, and I loved it. <laughs> the Stepfather, 1987. Yes, oh, good man, pick. good pick. That is a great pick. That was high up on my 80s list. Mm. I was. I mean, I've spent again. I've spent like a decade and a half reading good things about it and how it's this great cult movie. And but I didn't actually expect it to be like I knew I would enjoy it and it would be fun. Mm-hmm. But it was genuinely a great movie. Like the performances, yeah. not just Terry O'Quinn, who's amazing, but the performances across the board are like way better than that material deserves. I mean, it's just really incredible. From you know the daughter whose name I can't remember. I'm a Samantha, but I can't remember the actress's name. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, her therapist even. I mean, like these these. Part of it is that the writing is actually pretty good, um, and so that helps. And I found that a lot of the the movie was like predictable, but not in a in a necessarily a bad way. Um, yeah. And I will say that also there's there's a fair amount of shining undercurrents in the final act. Yeah. Um, for various reasons, mm-hmm. with with the one guy who's you've been following the whole movie showing up just to be killed immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's very shining. Um, being stuck in the bathroom yeah. and knocking the door down. Um, trying to escape from the window it felt very shiny but that was not why i liked it just very clever great performances some dark humor undercurrents there um there was one thing only one thing i had to fault the movie for um because I, I would probably give it like four or four and a half stars out of five i found it very interesting i'm sure i know like the actress who played samantha was probably 25 or 28 i found it very interesting that maybe two-thirds through the movie she brings a guy home and they're kissing on the front porch and Terry O'Quinn comes out and yells at her uh, yells at him and says like hey my daughter's 16 blah 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 and she's like well what's the deal like he's 16 too and they make a big scene out of it establishing that she's 16 years old and then only a few scenes later she's naked in the shower and I was like what <laughs> this is like 18 like, <laughs> why <laughs> yeah yeah uh that was but, well, yeah very 80s and another yeah. reason that maybe dads would like it for <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah th- th- that's the other side of it as well there's, it's 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 multifaceted horror for dads and there's some levels that we just don't want to unpack yes <laughs> exactly right <laughs> wow i i will be honest i am shocked by that pick that was number two on my 80s list and once umar took manhunter i was like oh I know what Nick's going to do. I'm going to have my pick of the 80s films. And no, you threw a curveball my way, man. That was a that really surprised me. Yeah, no, well, you know, 
this podcast is a year old now, but I, you know, I don't want people to feel like it's getting stale. You know, there's there's surprises sure, yeah, to be had yeah. here. <laughs> well, it's a great pick because it really threw me for a loop. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, and you uh, you are up now with your second round choice. Oh wait, oh sorry, just before we get into that, I just say that um, you're speaking of to the writing of the film. Uh, Joseph Rubin, who directed it, um, and I only know this because of doing research for with Gorley and Russ, because Joseph Rubin also directed Sleeping with the Enemy um, a few years later. So he talked about, and I found this when I was doing my research, that he was ready to quit the first day on set because he was like this is just going to be like a regular slasher and this is going to ruin my career. And he only stayed when they made changes to the story that he kind of demanded. Uh, and so I think you can actually credit him mm. for not just the direction, but a lot of how the story ends up turning out in that um, film because uh, he made a lot of last minute changes um, or was about to walk. So Wow. Oh, it's interesting. That does add another layer to the dynamic yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> no, <laughs> no. interrupt you More there. More than Mary, but uh, you are the you know the researcher. We gotta we gotta stop and listen whenever you drop some nugget on this one. Nugget of gold. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but Nick, yes, now it is time for your second round pick. All right. <clears throat> so I'm gonna go to the '90s now. Um, mm. And another one that I've picked a lot on this podcast, which might be an obvious pick. Um, I'm just going to say it. It's not, everyone knows it's there, and so someone else can pick it. But Silence of the Lambs was a movie that I grew up with my dad. Obviously, I didn't watch it when I was younger. Um, but when that movie came out, I had this vague knowledge. Like, I didn't know what it was about, but I remember my father was, like, really taken by it. He was like, this is a great movie. And obviously, it's a great movie, of course. But um, uh, I was, like, struck by, like, when I was finally old enough to watch it in high school, my dad kind of reminiscing about it and being like, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. My dad's not mm. like a big, like that's, it was, you know, it's the surprise from coming from him, but yeah. he's a psychiatrist and there's a lot to unpack <laughs> there. So I'm going <laughs> to skip that one and I'm going to pick what I think is the ultimate dad movie anyway, which is army of darkness. Oh, wow. That okay. was another one on my list. You threw another curveball at us. There. Sorry. Yeah. I had yeah. to go a different direction. Um, I feel like Army of Darkness is the movie in the Evil Dead trilogy that everyone's seen, regardless of whether they've seen the other ones. Yeah. Um, mm. For you know, because it's a, it's such a dad movie. It's like you know, it's the action comedy horror. It's not the all out gross out thing. You know, it's the universal release that got theatrical distribution. And I mean, not that they didn't all get it, but like it was the bigger release, obviously at that point. Sam Raimi yeah. had just done Dark Man and was coming off that, and I think. Yeah, you know, got a big enough release that like I feel like that's the movie that kids are always like, yeah, my dad showed that to me on VHS when I was like, you know, ten, probably too young to see it, but <laughs> it's like his favorite movie and he laughs all the time. So yeah, and my dad has never seen it, but all the no. same, I still think it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's exactly like the this the trifecta that you're on about where you had the horror, the comedy, and that the action. It's it's it was high up there for me as well, so kudos that's that's a brilliant choice that yeah <clears throat> thank you and he, here i was we were gonna have here i was thinking that we were gonna have two hannibal lecter picks in the last three choices <laughs> yeah. so you threw another curveball my way nick wow uh, there you go. it's coming from left field with these picks yeah. excellent it's because we've been on hiatus so long i just like <laughs> it's all new to me again yeah uh umar you are up with your second round pick sir okay okay i'm gonna hmm 
now, now that I've got the you know the first pick and arguably the most important pick that I was you know that that, that I was destined to pick <laughs> manager that's out of the way I'm a lot more relaxed now a lot more at ease um, for my second pick I think I'm going to go to the new millennium into mm. the year well 2000 to 2009 and th- it was from 2000 onwards where I was kind of struggling a little bit I did manage mm. to get some interesting picks I was you know thinking which ones could I go for and there are three main ones that are that that sort of really embody the whole you know horror for dads uh, genre. We call it a genre now. Forget it. It's called a genre. It's official. It's a genre now. So <laughs> with, with that in mind, I was thinking maybe initially the mist, mm. but I was like, that might be a bit too real for some people, and and quite the opposite uh, sort of effect that you know dads would want. So then I was mm. thinking, okay, how about if I bring it more closer to home, closer to, well, my physical home, and think of some there's some brilliant you know horror movies that that I really think would work, and I have to settle on Dog Soldiers. Nice. That was so nice. Another Great reason pick. why I picked Dog Soldiers is because uh, my second choice for the '80s was going to be Predator. Which is basically oh, gotcha. that is, you know how they say Die Hard is the ultimate action movie. This Predator, in my opinion, is the ultimate sort of dad horror movie because that's the one that they would always watch and always because it's that like so much. It's it's full of testosterone. It's like seven beefy guys <laughs> chasing an alien in a jungle. It's like and it's done by the guy who did Die Hard as well. So what more do you want? Mm-hmm. So since that was yeah. taken out of the choice for me due to Manhunter, I have to go for Dog Soldiers, which is. Um, are, are you guys familiar with it? Have you seen it? Or yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was on my. It was almost on my list. I didn't didn't quite make my final choice, but it's a. I, it's a great choice. Yeah, it is yeah. And it, fun. It is a very yeah. fun movie. And, and any time the horror movie involves like soldiers, I feel like it instantly falls off the <laughs> list of like horror for dads, right? Like you talked Predator, and now you're talking Dog Soldiers. Both of them, like high up on the list. Absolutely, any, any sort of authority uh, yeah. figure, and then military yes. authority, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but definitely, yeah, it has been a while, maybe a few years since I've seen Dog Soldiers, but it's one of the. I'm pretty sure it's done by I forgot the name of the director, but the guy who did Descent and all this stuff. So it's a guy who really knows how to do yeah. horror yeah. movies. Is it Neil Marshall? That's it. That yeah, 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 Neil. I think Marshall. that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of his early movies, and it's. Low budget, but it's got Sean Pertwee in it as like the corporal who's like the big badass guy. There's that brilliant scene where he gets mauled by. Well, the whole premise is a bunch of soldiers go to I think Scotland area in in the UK and they're doing like a skirmish mission. And obviously, as you would expect, a bunch of uh, a pack of like yeah werewolves attack him, and it's basically Predator but with werewolves. And in Scotland, it's amazing. And there's a brilliant part when Sean Pertwee is he's been attacked by a werewolf and his growth London accent he's like he's got his uh, guts hanging out and it looks so cheap and it's so like you could tell it's just like balloons and stuff but he's just like he's just packing it back in it's like leave me alone leave me alone and he's like running away it's it's, it's just so good it is yeah bonkers that it's like it, they managed to do it managed to make a film that good for that little of a budget and I love it to bits. It's great choice, great pick. 
I gotta see that movie again. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I really want to see it. But I remember all of this <laughs> that yeah. you were saying. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They were on a training exercise in Scotland, and I remember the scene where he's trying to push his guts <laughs> back into himself. Great, great pick. Excellent choice. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I'm gonna since Nick left it on the table. I'm gonna go right in and grab from 1991. <laughs> The Silence of the Lambs. I was very surprised when you left it there. In fact, when you started talking, I started writing The Silence of the Lambs on the, the list order wow. here because I assumed you were going to be taking it because you were talking about it. But you went Army of Darkness, so I will happily grab that. That was my number one choice in the 90s. And in fact, and this is just a random coincidence, we just talked about that in my class today. That's what they had to watch for today's class, and we talked about it, and we even talked about the father figures in the film, like Crawford, <laughs> like Lecter, and some of the readings that uh, certain academics have done, that they're almost like a an Oedipal nature to uh, either of those uh, characters, because they're sort of fatherly characters, but some read in possible romantic intent between them, uh, which uh, I think is uh, uh, interesting. Personally... I definitely get it from Lecter. I feel like Lecter is interested in Clarice and finds her um, attractive and an and, and equal of sorts um, via the mind. Maybe not an equal, but someone he could at least have fun with, you know, talking and chatting to. Whereas Crawford, I think Crawford might be interested in her, but I think she is very much like, oh, he's like a father figure because my dad was also a cop and here is Crawford, this father figure with me at the FBI. Anyway... But it just so happened we were talking about that in class today, and I'm going to definitely scoop it up right here. Inspired choice. Like, if we were, again, talking about um, dad movies and Silence of the Lambs didn't get picked up, that something's gone horribly <laughs> wrong. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant choice there, Brantley. Here's my question to you, Umar. Would you have done a double back-to-back 80s, 90s <laughs> of Lecter movies? Would, would you have taken... Uh, not, not to tip your hand at all for what you were thinking in the 90s, but I'm just curious if you if you would have um, done that. Potentially. Um, but... Okay. There's some other movies in the 90s that I think would pair well with the two choices I have at the moment. So... Mm, okay. Um, it, it would have been tempting to do that, but then... I would have been like, okay, let's do, let's do uh, Man Hunter, let's do Silence of the Lambs, and then let's do Hannibal, and I wouldn't be able to live with myself with that because, or, <laughs> or even if I did Red Dragon, I'd be like, no, but mm-hmm. definitely a double pairing was was something that crossed my mind. Uh, but I'm glad that you're taking it because I think I'm like, obviously I'm going to go for another one now, but I think another few movies are on my list in, my, in the way that I'm pairing it. Okay. Yeah. See, I maybe I grabbed it too early, but I just thought, well, maybe if that's on the board, that's something Umar would go for <laughs> because he's such a big. You know, I knew you were a big Manhunter fan. I just didn't know how big of a Silence oh, of the Lambs fan you were. I love Silence of the Lambs, and yes, okay, and, and okay. I, it's just that I, I definitely probably would have taken it, but I'm glad you've taken it <laughs> off the board because it lets me explore the other options I have. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, there you go. That is my second round pick. Uh, I'm still on the board here for my third round pick. Mm-hmm. And I think for my third round pick, I'm going to go to the 2000s. Because uh, this was my next lightest year after the 70s. Um, like you mentioned, Umar, I had the mist on here as well. 
and I have a couple other options which I think are interesting, but the one that I'm most interested in having um, to get in, most interested in getting in my draft here, and I may have to pitch this to the commissioner, but it's a remake. I'm thinking about taking the Dawn of the Dead remake from 2004, and I'm going to say this because uh, Jake Weber, who plays the Michael Shaughnessy character in it, is a man who has lost his wife and daughter. So he was a father, but is not anymore, but is very much kind of taking up that mantle as this honorable man in this mall with all of these other people. Uh, kind of ends up pairing up with, um, oh gosh, I'm um, Sarah Polly, but I'm blanking on her character's name uh, in the film. But he's certainly the person that a dad watching this is going to associate with. He's saying, you would say, oh, this is an honorable guy. That's how I would be in this situation. Most dads, I think, would, would, would think that way. I'm not some jerk like Ty Burrell. I, I'm, this, I'm Michael Shaughnessy. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other added wrinkle of Mackay Pfeiffer, who also becomes a dad in the movie and loves his child no matter what, even when that child is born a zombie. <laughs> um, so that's like an added layer to it. So that's my pitch, which is that the Dawn of the Dead remake would be my 2000s choice. That is... I forgot that. Yeah, the guy from Modern Family was in it. I totally... <laughs> yeah. He is in it. And playing such a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that that makes perfect sense. And I, I'll be honest, out of all of... Uh, I'll be honest, Zack Snyder doesn't really do mm. it for me. Like, guys, don't come after me, Snyder heads or whatever you call well in fact do come at me fuck it i don't care whatever um, but, but but out of all his movies that dawn of the dead one i used to be really against it because obviously the original i was like oh the original this is just yeah uh, like uh, like a headache and oh it's just too fast-paced but it is something that i'm like he went for it he really and it's mm-hmm. really it really does have like wild moments that I think that really fit into the whole sort of horrors for dad sort of ethos where it is compared to the original way more violent way more like in your face uh, uh, like with the with the scene with the armored <laughs> trucks yeah the, the truck or bus <laughs> yeah, or whatever like, it like is yeah, they drive out and of I'm there. like that yeah. is yeah I can just imagine and I think I have seen like, my dad watching it like just getting visually excited at that moment when the oh there's a truck and it's running over zombies ain't that ain't that cool and you're like yeah <laughs> it is so yeah with that with that uh, basis and also the obviously the, the whole sort of father uh, connections in there yeah it makes complete sense accepted you get you get the stamp of approval there <laughs> yes all right so there you go dawn of the dead is my choice for the 2000s so that means umar you are up with your third round choice okay okay way to go here um i'm going to probably go for the decade that i found pretty much the toughest and that was the 2010s mm. um I found it a bit tough. There's a few here that I think I can add. But I'm going to go for the one that I think that if I don't go for it, one of you guys would. And um, I'll be honest, with this movie, I have a bit of a weird relationship with because it, it is it's a good horror movie. It's brutal as hell. 
but it has had some criticism, let's say, on how the bad guys have been depicted, and I do understand that, but damn, it's, it's a movie that I've grown to really like as well, and it's just crazy. I'm going Bone Tomahawk. Oh, man, oh, that was yeah. going to be my pick. Yeah. I'm glad you picked it. That makes my choice easier. Great pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so pick. What, what, what more can we say? It's a Western horror with Kurt Russell as the main guy hunting... Mm-hmm. A savage tribe and again that that's the sort of controversy that I talk about with the sort of the depiction of the you know the Native American tribe as mindless and just killing machines but yeah it works well in its setting I gotta say initially I was a bit when I did see it the first time I was like what the, what the hell's going on here but I'm like this isn't grounded in real realism it's not an actual depiction of the true West for God's sake it's just mm. a crazy ass it's, it's, it's like a zombie movie or like, like a monster movie because let's just say that that splitting scene is <laughs> I don't need to say anything else about it it's just one that you can, it'll be one of those that you mentioned earlier where there'll be a dad telling his kid to either like look away or like oh did he see that did he see that that was just crazy <laughs> that is that moment that, that, that is just perfect the perfect dad horror moment yeah so that, that's my pick it's it's one, like I said, initially I was, I'm not sure if I'm going to pick it, but damn, it's a damn good movie. It is a good movie. Mm. Yeah. Nick, I want to hear your thoughts since that was going to be your pick. Yeah, no, I, well, yeah, I was between a couple, so it does in some way make my 2010s a little bit easier, but um, mm. yeah, I mean, I just, you, you, it's, it's the Western element and the Kurt Russell, those factors really make it the horror for dad thing. Um and uh, you know it's one of those things I kind of like <clears throat> it doesn't it's not always successful but it's the sort of from dusk till dawn mm. it's not really like a hybrid like action horror where the whole thing is both you know it's a very mm-hmm. like it's a you know it's like two movies it's the there's a western first half and then you get into the horror and there's no there's not really any like it doesn't really cross over at all um which is just like you know from dusk till dawn is just um you know, it's like a, a switch is flipped, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the movie is something completely different. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like something about that too. I don't know if that's appealing to dads, but both of those movies were on my list for that reason. I feel like there's something to be said about you know, you get two genres that dads like. They're like kind of mashed together, um, and um, yeah, I, very. And I totally understand the criticisms of that movie, like of. But um, yeah, yeah. But, but it's one of those that it, it like it's one that I understand. But when you take it at the merit of the film that itself, exactly, it, it, it works and it's it's it, it's when it goes to that depth that it does, it just works. It's just like well, yeah, I guess because it's done from the perspective of this team of uh, you know whether it's five or six people who go into this untamed land where you know from their perspective is untamed because they have no idea what they're coming into and it is horrific it works that 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 tribe or that group needs to be basically like a nameless monster for it for the the really horrific scenes to play out otherwise if if they if they try to humanize them it wouldn't have been as effective in my opinion that that's one of the reasons why you're like uh, it's a tough one but it has to be on the list it has to be there because it's it just works Mm. And it context is everything with these things. I mean, I just think that um, if it was a really mean-spirited movie and the, mm. the heart of the movie was, like, 
you know, antagonizing these <laughs> this group of people. But again, this is a movie where a man is split in two pieces. <laughs> um, like, it's not meant to be taken seriously. It takes itself seriously, which is kind of what's fun about it. But, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's a silly movie about these people who live in caves and split people in half. Like, it's, at the end of the day, I just feel like you can't really get upset over that. And no. anyone who would get upset over that is not going to be upset over that because you can't make it through that whole movie. <laughs> like, unless you've got a pretty strong stomach and that stuff is not probably not going to bother you. Yeah. Like, exactly I can't imagine you walking out of the theater and being like, well, that guy was split in half and that was a little hard on my stomach. But what really bothered me <laughs> yeah, was... It, 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 was just, it was just, like I said, context is everything. And this was just a vehicle for... Again, just going to the whole dad element of it is is men on a mission. That's another sort of element that mm-hmm. really appeals to dad. So that's what it was just men on a mission. Uh, but we want to make this as brutal as possible, and yeah. it is as brutal as it can be. <laughs> it is um that Patrick, uh, the guy from Conjuring in it as well, isn't he? Patrick Wilson's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Patrick yeah. Wilson. Great yeah. cast. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, have Excellent you seen that, Brantley? What was I, I want to hear. What, I have. Yeah. What did you? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I I don't really have too much more to add except echoing a lot of your uh, all thoughts. I, f- same thing. First time I watched it, I'm like, uh, that's a little squiggy that these you know villains are all Native American uh, people. Uh, but I agree that it, I don't think it's supposed to be taken literally, like you mentioned. Like this is so far out there and ridiculous that it 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 it, it it's hard to read much more into it than than that basically. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, no, I, I was going to make a joke about dads, but <laughs> would most dads really care too much about No, that? no, that would be the best thing, because the dads wouldn't be even interested in that. They'll be, wait, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a social element to this? Wait, <laughs> it totally flew me by. I saw the guy get split in half and yeah. I was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would. Um, I imagine many dads would not take no. the, too much of an issue with that aspect of the film. I guess is what I was. I mean, that's a fair. Cri- yeah. yeah, completely correct. Yeah, completely yeah. correct. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, Nick, you are up with your third round pick. Uh, yes, sounds good. I got back to backs, and I think that mm-hmm. my '70s pick is probably pretty safe. So I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna start with the 2010s. Because um, mm. that choice was made a lot easier, and I'm actually I'm pretty happy it was made this way. Because um, I, within the last few months, just saw Crawl for the first time, and that's gonna be my yeah. pick. Um, oh, nice! You know, it's a creature feature. I feel like that's a thing for dads, you know. But it's also about a father um, mm. and his daughter just surviving, um, and that's it. That's the core of the movie, uh, and I kind of yeah. liked that. And it's a lot of fun. Nice. I like Alexander Aha mostly. Most of his movies, or Ash, mm. I don't know how he pronounces his last name, but um, yeah, for the most part, I, I like his movies. I think a lot of his movies could be horror for dads. Um, yeah, but that's the one I'm going to pick. I'll be honest, I'm, that nice. wasn't on my list, but it was close there. It was. It's, it's, yeah, that's an inspired choice, Nick. I've got to hand it to you. That's a good one. That's really oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
Yeah, that's a great pick. I love that. Um, I know Matt Bronsdorf, who's a previous guest, was talking about uh, a lot of the wonderful themes of that movie, like and and the whole like divorce uh, idea with the house itself representing mm. uh, the divorce and everything. And yeah, that's a great. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I didn't have that on my 2010s, and I have no idea why I didn't even think about mm. it. Um, because yeah, it's it's so much about a dad and his daughter, basically, yeah. and. Um, and their love and connection and so yeah great pick awesome pick for for round three there oh thank you thank you thank you yeah um all right and then i'm gonna do 2000s so i'm gonna stick not you're not too far from where we just were um another movie about it dad um frailty yes um oh nice yes. that was on my list that was yeah yeah that okay, was like so number counts? two i wasn't for sure me. I mean, it's, it's, obviously about, it's in the 2000s excuse me yeah i think it was 2001 i hope it yeah 2001 bill paxton yeah yeah bill paxton by himself i mean i feel like again another actor who's like i feel like i associate with dad movies <laughs> aliens and terminator and like you know he's just like that guy um and um was this i can't remember if this is directorial debut I or think if it he had was. done other ones, but I, I think it was his first like theatrical one. That theatrical one, yeah. 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 Mm. I think it's just a really strong movie. It's just very sure of itself, yeah. mm. and um, it's just it's a you know, it, it's really honestly beyond the fact that it's about a dad. I don't really know if, how this fits. You know, it's just I think it's just a great movie, and it happens to have a character who's a dad in it. Um, Oh, yeah. And a lot of the movie, of course, of it was about his interactions, of course, with his two sons, and so there's a lot about being a dad in there. I don't know that like mm-hmm. dads would flock to see this movie or not. Um, it just doesn't strike me as that kind because of, it's you know it's, it's like a real it's like a it's a thriller. It's less horror and it's not over the top. And in some ways, I think that's when I associate horror movies with dads. I I think I immediately go to gore and sex and stuff like that. And that's that's not this movie, um, but it is about a dad. So and I love it. It's mm-hmm. a great movie. I I think I can. Yeah. Uh, no, this is definitely obviously because it's on my list as well. This is a hundred percent in the commissioner has spoken. Um, <laughs> um, but but I'm thinking just to add to your justification justification there. What uh, what I would say is this is a sort of movie that I can imagine a dad seeing on TV late at night, like you know, channel hopping. And you know, late two thousand, you know, heading towards that two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It's on TV, and he sees Bill Paxton with you know just with two guys in, and the dad connection would be, wait, that's that guy from Aliens, right? Oh, what what he's doing? Oh, he looks a bit older. What's going on here? And it'll engross the dad that way. I love it. Like, like I'm talking about the dad, like it's like yeah. a. <laughs> like, like a sort of like a creature that we're studying but it is in a way <laughs> but that, yeah. that's how you'll be you'll interact that way going like oh yeah I'll watch this and just get engrossed by the story excellent yeah I think that's totally fair and true definitely yeah no great pick that was my number two of the 2000s after dawn of the mm. dead oh nice uh oh. yeah and it was it was the first one i thought of too and i was like oh 2000s gotta put friends <laughs> in the list yeah. so yeah wonderful pick man cool yeah thank you yeah, and uh, Umar, you're up with your fourth round selection. I have the 70s and the 90s left. Uh, mm. Okay, since I believe both of you have picked your 90s, I shall go with the 70s. And it is between. There's a handful, there's a few I have here, but it is between two in my eyes. <sighs> oh, this is tough. This is a tough one. Um. <laughs> I am. When you get to the end of the draft, it's always tough. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. I've 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 decided. I'm gonna go with Jaws. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, pick. that's great. Yep. I mean, um, yep. Yeah, that might be that the was my number two in the seventies. That yeah. is yeah. like, um, it's it's the movie that I'll be honest. Now, this actually has like a personal connection with me with with my dad. This would be the movie that ever since I was in you know preteen to well into my 15 16s it used to be on this uh, i think i mentioned this channel before when i was on with you know with Gorgon and russ but itv4 which is like the quintessential dad channel in the uk but it was around the time that i was younger i'm not sure how it is right now but it would have all your classic action movies and jaws would always be on there and whenever jaws would be on and you know my dad is a channel hopper and when he'd be channel hopping and whenever he'll be on jaws any moment it could be you know the opening uh, scene the party beach it could be when you know the mayor's leaving the <laughs> letting the town uh, you know <laughs> celebrations continue or more importantly and more often than not when it's on, when they're on the orca hunting after the shark he will stop and just continue to watch the movie and we will just sit there and watch it with him so it is the yeah like i said probably the quintessential dad horror movie because uh, yeah it's just that scene alone when they're on the orca hunting after the shark and they're just bonding chatting that that's how you expect all dads to interact with each other <laughs> when, they, when there's no one else around so yeah I, I just love that movie and it had to be on my list yeah that's a great pick yeah. man and i mean it's just like i mean think about all the things it checks off for the dad movie right the dad is a yeah. cop right brody's a cop it's it's richard brody right so his name's literally dick <laughs> uh it's a men on a mission right they're they're fighting a threat that's uh, attacking their their town basically mm-hmm. i mean it checks off everything they're for like the, on the a dad boat. war movie yes they're on yes, a boat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Trading war stories. Well, scar stories. <laughs> I guess. And, and you have both. Um, well, even from the perspective of uh, Brody's kids, you got your two weird uncles. You got Dreyfus, who is kind of mm-hmm. there for you, the kind of reliable uncle, and then you got Quinn. <laughs> who is oh it's martin brody oh sorry 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 i realize his name's martin not richard oh, you, so you never know, mind richard Dreyfus. disregard my <laughs> yes there we go that's what i was confusing uh, the two uh, yeah. but no but um yeah then you got quint who is uh the uncle that he'll he'll help you out in a pinch but you really don't want to mm. hang out with him like he's the one that mum sort of worries you about, <laughs> uh, wounds you out <laughs> yeah yeah oh great no, that's an awesome pick, man. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful choice. That could be... I just feel like that's like that's the poster child for this draft of Dad's Horror. I mean, I could very easily see a poster <laughs> yeah. with a shark and the Jaws font that just says Dad's instead or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Like that's, that just sums up this whole draft yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, Horror for Dads is the title instead of Jaws. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be... Well, yeah, it'll be just like... The shark will be, I guess, you know... <laughs> it, it, well, I, I imagine the dad you know, from the Jaws poster. The dad will be swimming, and the the shark will be just or just ennui that dads feel, or that just just like trying to keep a family together or something like that. Just, something abstract, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, wonderful, wonderful pick. Um, okay, so I've got the back to backs here for the fourth and fifth. That's right. 
I'm going to save the 80s for the end because I know that um, uh, both of you have picked 80s. and Oh, and you both picked the 2010s actually too. So, But I'm going to start with my fourth round here. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that you two um, took a couple films because it helped me narrow this down. And I think this is a fantastic horror film for dads from the 2010s. I'm going to take Train to Busan. Ooh, it was on my list. That's an amazing yes. pick. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I mean, look, main character's a dad. Yes. Now... He's kind of like works too much and he's divorced, but he's there and he's got his daughter on the train, right? He has to protect her the entire time. Not only that, when it gets to the end, he sacrifices himself to save his daughter. I mean, that's like quintessential dad horror stuff there. Laying your life down to save your child. Uh, So I got to take Train to Busan for my 2010s. absolutely inspired. And that was on my list. But yeah, it was a... an outsider because obviously I had like you know Born Tomahawk and a couple of other yeah. at the top, but yeah, Train to Busan, good choice there. Nice, appreciate that it. Counts and, as, like um, such an epic movie too. Like yeah. it's like the epic yeah. zombie movie. Yes, I feel like that alone <laughs> appeals to dads. It's just like the zombie movie taken to an extreme. Because if I remember yeah. correctly, the zombies are like the fast-paced zombies in that one as well, aren't they? Yeah, which, which mm-hmm. yeah, it's just that yep, very fast. frenetic energy, just yeah. perfect. Yep, constant threat <laughs> that dad's got to got to protect <laughs> smack down. Yeah. yeah, he's got to protect his daughter. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, uh, that leaves me with the first pick of the fifth round, mm. and I'm going to the '80s. I'm going to the one Umar called the quintessential yes. horror movie for dads. I'm gonna take Predator. I, I was very surprised that uh, it was left for me after you both took the 80s, although I, I had a sense that you were going to go Yeah, Manhunter, my hands but, were tied. My hands uh, were tied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought... Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm, I kind of think went into this thinking I might have a good chance because I thought you were going to take Manhunter and I thought Nick was going to go The yeah. Shining. <laughs> now, Nick threw the curve with uh, the stepfather there, but uh, it, I uh, yeah, it left me with The Predator. And I mean, like you say, it's... The perfect action horror movie. It's full of testosterone. Uh, it's directed by John McTiernan, who did Die Hard. I mean, I'm just repeating all the things you already said, Umar. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's the perfect dad horror movie. Yeah, it's just got the overwhelming amount of testosterone. And, and Brantley, you probably know this from obviously doing your research, but I used to love reading the research about Predator, and one of my favorite sort of uh, throwaway trivia is that Sonny Landham, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, I think he has passed. Yeah, I think, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, Sonny Landham um, had a bodyguard on set, which the studio hired for him. But it was uh-huh. basically not to protect himself against the other people. It's because he was such a hothead. It was to protect him being an asshole to the other people. That from that, That's what, from what oh, I've I heard on, on like... <laughs> INDB or Wikipedia, wherever I read that, and I'm like, that is awesome. Like, it was so heated. Oh, and another, another, another trivia I remember is, uh, obviously, uh, you had you know Jesse Ventura, um, uh, Dylan, what's his name, uh, Carl Weathers, uh, uh, yeah, and, Carl and Weathers, yeah, Bill Duke, and, and Bill Duke. You had all yeah. these people, but you know, yep. with the the actual guys who you know with muscly physiques, who have like four four of them, I believe, and obviously when they went into the the south american jungle where they filmed i can't remember uh it, it became like a pissing contest of like who was the most in shape and i'm pretty sure carl mm. weathers used to 
work out on the side, like on the so you could maintain that sort of physique while being up against Arnie, <laughs> which is one of the most awesome things I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, well, I mean that. I, I mean that handshake yes. where they come together. I mean, is it really a handshake or a high five? Whatever you call that, <laughs> uh, where those biceps are just rippling and the veins are like popping out of those biceps. It's just like that image. Oh, this is yes. sums up. Yeah, '80s action movies, not horror necessarily. hundred percent. That yeah. one image is like a meme that really encapsulates '80s action movies. And what I love about that is that John McTiernan essentially makes like the ultimate. 80s action movie full of muscly guys like you know and that image is just like <laughs> seared and, and you know that that is again I think that encapsulates that genre of like action and that that era of action like commando and all that stuff oh yeah and then John McTiernan yeah. makes he goes and he makes the anti-action movie which is famous for being like you know it's like Bruce Willis is every man by himself mm-hmm. um and he like reinvents the action genre for you know that great that the same director did like the ultimate version of both types of action films yeah yeah perfect no wonderful yeah if only he could reinvent how taxes were handled (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh shots fired shots fired (laughs) oh boy (laughs) right it was wiretapping wiretapping it's so weird why was he i don't even know the story behind i don't even remember sorry Obviously, I have no idea. I thought it was taxes. No, so. That was Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Maybe also John McTiernan, it seems <laughs> right. Maybe. Maybe McTiernan <laughs> was wiretapping Wesley Snipes. Maybe, maybe he's connected. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, sorry. I, I, I made the, 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 poor, the poor joke there. <laughs> um, joke. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> thanks. Uh, Umar, you are up here with your final selection, oh, okay, sir. So into the 90s, which... Um, I think was probably yeah maybe my second strongest year uh, since everyone has picked I shall just you know knock off all of my choices from this year so I have Deep Blue Sea John nice. Carpenter's mm. Vampires oh, I love that movie Arachnophobia mm. oh, yeah. Seven uh, the previously mentioned From Dust Till Dawn mm. Exorcist 3 oh, but nice. the one that I'm going to pick is Tremors oh nice great pick, um, great pick. What, what can I say about Tremors uh, well it's a movie that fucking rules and it is awesome <laughs> yes, there's only does. like 10 people in the <laughs> cast and it is just amazing um, when um Oh, what's the name of the guy from uh, the sitcom? The guy with the cap. Where uh, I forgot his name. With the guns, the guns, <laughs> the, the, the couple with all the guns. Uh, oh, his name. His name is gonna. Uh, it, it was in Family Ties or one of those US sitcoms. I can't. Uh, maybe again, I can't remember which one it is. But if you remember in Tremors, it was the. The couple with the wall of guns, and when the tremor barges through the wall, and I'm like, yeah, that would be something where all the dads in unison watching would be hell yeah with. Oh, I cannot remember his name. Yeah. It's uh, it's Bert. Uh, is it Bert Gummer? Yeah, Gross. Michael Gross. Michael That's Gross. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so Mike, him, Michael yes, Gross, yeah. just as like the gun-toting American and even even like even over here in the UK that is something that every dad 
will latch on to. But the thing is, that's not the only sort of father figure. You got Bert, uh, no, no, was it Earl? Earl? Yeah, Earl. F- F- Fred yeah, Ward, who was yeah. just like, yeah, he's watching over Kevin Bacon. He's like, it's, it's that, that sort of, it's like, yeah, it's like the fine line between bromance and like father and son relationship between them and mm. it's just perfect because yeah they just want to get to the next town over but they can't make it and that just sort of that the ever-ending struggle that i think a dad can associate with that ah, i just need to make it to uh, the next town. i just need to get out of here but it's <laughs> but you know it's 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 just amazing it's just a creature feature that's so full of heart so full of comedy and the effects are great mm-hmm. everyone be into it yeah so i'm, I'm picking tremors for my yeah. final choice Nice. I'm sorry I was so confused there. When you were saying uh, he was in the sitcom with all the guns, not I yet, not, yeah, the character yeah. he played in the sitcom <laughs> had a lot of guns, and I was thrown off, but I'm like, I should have gotten there faster oh, no. that you were talking about Michael Gross. and But Michael Gross specifically took this role because he had been playing this dad, this like exactly. real, yeah. you know clean-cut dad for so long on um, the TV show and, and wanted to play like a different type of character because he didn't want to be pigeonholed into yeah. it. So, yeah, that's because of the sitcom that he he decided to do this uh, Family this Ties, I think it was, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family and Ties, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. it's all coming back to me now, but uh, it's, it's just a, such a fun movie. It's one that, similar to Jaws, it, well, it's kind of funny that this is exactly 25 years after Jaws, and it is very similar, but different in, the, in, in, yeah. in just the perfect way, that it'll be the movie that... Again, my dad will be channel hopping, and then it'll come to a certain point when, when they go into uh, Victor Victor Wong's convenience store. You know, like the old like his uh, mm-hmm. uh, that moment. He like right, we're watching this, or uh, when they when they're doing the sort of pole vaulting between rocks, so they don't get the vibration. It's just it's just wacky, <laughs> and it just like it just it draws anyone in, and specifically dads because it's that mm-hmm. perfect blend of action comedy and everything. Yeah. And you, uh, it is so close and similar to Jaws that its original title was Land Sharks. <laughs> that was the original title for the draft that they wrote before it became Tremors. They did not like the name Tremors, the screenwriters. That was chosen by the studio. Oh. Uh, I think they had, it was called Beneath Perfection when they were in production. So, like, if you, um, one of the. One of the writers, S.S. Wilson, I think, his dad was hired, was so excited they were making this movie. His dad was like retired and hired on as a PA to work on the film, but the dad just brought his video camera. So he was filming constantly on VHS the whole like production of the film as it was being done. And S.S. Wilson has been uploading them to his YouTube channel. So you can find these like dozens of videos, uh, his dad's shot of the making of Tremors. But anyway, yeah, when you see it, they're all wearing like jackets or shirts that say Beneath Perfect because that's what they thought it had been renamed to and then the studio decided to call it tremors because earthquakes were so big in japan they thought that would be a good selling point basically because <laughs> i think the studio was like being bought or in discussions to be bought by a japanese firm or something like that it was some weird reason that they wanted to switch it to that's tremors. a very 90s and 80s sort of mindset and it worked for them but that's very that's very sort of like <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to get the japanese market on our side why because mm-hmm. okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, just a bunch of uh, hopefully fun facts about Tremors. Also, Super I cool. looked it up. It was wiretapping that John McTiernan <laughs> went to prison for, and it was for the movie Rollerball <laughs> of all movies. The he, remake of is that the remake him, of the James Conn yeah, one? The remake. Yeah, uh, him. 
apparently him and the producer had like disagreements about how it should be done and he like hired somebody to wiretap the producer oh. so that he could hear his conversations. I, I wish I could talk to of, John. Of all I the wish movies. I could talk to him right now yeah. and just say, John, was it worth it? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Wow. Um, but wanted to add that info in there. <laughs> all right, Nick. Take us home. Last pick of the draft here. Uh, that's right, and I am in the seventies. Um, now I could very easily, and it is on my list, pick The Exorcist, um, mm-hmm. and it has characters who are fathers in a different sense. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, true. Which, yes. But I am not going to pick The Exorcist. I'm going to go with um, Burnt Offerings, which is a movie I yes. think I've mentioned on this uh. Um, podcast before. It is. There are shining comparisons. It is about a family who's like, you know, in an isolated location for an extended period of time, um, and there's that psychological horror element. Um, you know, are they going insane? Are certain members of the family going insane? And and there are a lot of questions and maybe not as many answers. But through it all, I think the father figure, the father and the daughter are like the central. It's really about the mother. Is she going insane? And the father kind of holds it together and. Um, and he's like really a, a main pillar of that movie, um, and uh, yeah, and th- that's that's all I got to say about that one. I just I, and it's also it's just one of my it's really I think it's like an undersung like it's a great movie that I doesn't I don't think is talked about enough. Um, mm-hmm. It's just very well done, and um, and I recommend it to everyone. That's the Oliver nice. Reed one, isn't it? Is Oliver Reed yeah. in that one? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yep. Yeah, um, bec- doesn't he? Does he play the dad? Been a long I think, time so. I think, I think so. he does. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, that just missed out, but because I think that was on Amazon Prime recently, and I watched it after. That's where I saw it recently. Yeah, I, it had been like ten years, and then I saw it on Prime, and I was like, I should revisit this. It's, it's, it's a great it's, movie. It's again. a good creepy movie, and um, it, one of the other Oliver Reeds that was on my shortlist in the seventies was The Brood. Just letting you know. <laughs> Oh, nice! I, I would have gone for it, but obviously George just beat it to it. Um, but yeah, burnt offerings, yeah. burnt offerings is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I just, I really love that movie. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't think it's gotten a proper excellent disc release. I think mm, no. I've got the DVD, but I don't remember oh, seeing a Blu-ray or oh. it's due one though. It probably is due one though. Like do a proper yeah. Criterion or whatever it is, sort of re-release with all the extra bits because it is it is a good horror movie, yeah, yeah, like an Arrow yeah. video would be uh, that would be great. Put it out, something like that. Yeah, excellent. Well, to recap the draft, uh, Umar in the first round you took Manhunter from That's the eighties. Uh, in the second, you took <laughs> Dog Soldiers from the two thousands. Uh, in the third round, you took Bone Hamatok from the twenty tens. You took Jaws in the fourth round from the 70s, and then to wrap it all up, you took Land Sharks, <laughs> a.k.a. Tremors, in round five for the 90s. Uh, Nick, in the first round, you took The Stepfather from the 80s. Uh, you took Army of Darkness in the second round for your 90s selection. You took Crawl from the 2010s in the third round. Uh, Frailty from the 2000s in the fourth, and then you wrapped up this draft with Burnt Offerings from the 70s. Uh, I took Halloween from the 70s in the first round. I took Silence of the Lambs from the 90s in the second. 
Dawn of the Dead remake from the 2000s for my third round selection, uh, Train to Busan for my 2010s pick, and then Predator from the 80s for my fifth round pick. I think these are all Solid. fantastic drafts from everybody all Those around. Great lists. I think, yeah, we got some great dad <laughs> horror uh, here in this draft. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on, Umar. You know, we usually sometimes do like a, a post-draft analysis with Reach and the Steel, but I think what we should just do is the uh, undrafted free agents, the, the honorable mentions that you would have picked up if you had more rounds oh. to do. And then I know it's late where you are, so I don't want to keep you uh, much longer no here. No worries. This has been a blast, and I'm happy to... <laughs> happy, happy to be invited on here and I'm more than happy to go through my other list like I said I in fact yeah. you know while I go through it let's do the old screen share guys let's go let's do so, it um, <laughs> do you see what I see oh, there this is very well organized yes I'm impressed right. well, Colors, this is Umar's <laughs> wheelhouse <laughs> yeah. when he said that Nick I almost felt like uh, you remember that episode in community when Chang says have you met me obviously Brantley's well aware of my well my sheets my fondness for sheets but as you can see there obviously as we're going along I sort of filled it in from your guys just to make sure I was on track and I weren't double stepping by accident but in the 70s I've got Don't Look Now The Exorcist Alien Mm. The Wicker Man because Edward Woodward is like I, I call him Edward Woodward because uh, Edward Woodward is his proper name, but it, I just like seeing his second name without any of the, like the D's. Like it just it just sounds funny, <laughs> like <laughs> Edward Woodward. Uh, but um, but uh, he he's just brilliant in that movie. Uh, you got the Omen, which is just about a dad and his psychotic son, which is just perfect. Um, Amityville Horror, um, The Brood, like I mentioned, yeah. and the original Dawn of the Dead. So the seventies, yep. I, I could have just carried on, but those are some of my honourable mentions there. I've got the Changeling mm-hmm. in the eighties. That was on my list for the eighties. Yeah, uh, yep. great pick. Same here. Got the Thing. Um, I double mm-hmm. dipped into Michael Mann, and I wanted to put the Keep in there as a sort of weird one there because, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think that's mainly just my sort of man sort of bias there. But uh, the Shining, yeah. a strong one, and then another sort of outsider there was Ten to Midnight the Charles Bronson serial killer one yeah yeah because if you're talking about sex that is over the top like even for the 80s it is gratuitous Uh, so there's (laughs) and Dodge will be into that so that'll be one Uh, Aliens uh, had Stepfather Mm. which Nick took and Maniac Cop which I think because I wanted to put um, Tom Atkins in there Uh, it was that or Halloween 3 because Ooh, yeah, yeah so so it's between the two nineties. I have seven Exorcist. Oh, I think I think I went through this earlier, but you know, seven Exorcist from Dust Till Dawn, Blade, Arachnophobia, Vampires, and Deep Blue Sea. So nineties were like more action, you know, for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, going into the two thousands, now this is where I was kind of struggling a bit, but you know, may- maybe there's a few here that you had on your list as well. So I got The Mist, Shaun of the Dead, which. I think Dad would be into. Twenty eight days later, <laughs> that was on my list. Uh, American yeah. Cycle, Blade Two, um, had to be there. Uh, now that this is where I, uh, I was like thinking, well, yeah, I think these could work, uh, but I was a bit iffy on these. So you had uh, Van Helsing, Jason, uh, Freddy versus Jason, and Pitch Black. 
So mm. th- those, I could see them working. And then in the 2010s, uh, okay, now this is where it took me a bit of time, but I think once I got into a rhythm, it started working for me. I, I chucked in Blue Ruin in there. That would be one that I would take to the commissioner to myself because that that was one that I was <laughs> a bit iffy about, but I love Blue Ruin and there's horror elements, but that one, I'll be honest, even I, it, it wouldn't even pass my commission. I would have turned it down, but I'll add it in my list. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Purge. Um, not, not not the... It's, it's not something that I... Well, I like the first one, but everything subsequently after that, I, I, I've lost interest in. But the first one was interesting and fun, mm. and literally about Dad mm. trying to save the day. So so that, yes. that was on there. VFW. Um uh, with the uh, what's it called the veterans something oh, I can't remember what it veterans of foreign that's wars it, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's like the eighties yeah. sort of throwback and just the star power in that has to be in there Mandy mm-hmm. chucking that one in there uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil because I know uh, that that'll work um, that's on my list that's uh, yeah. one now Shutter Island just throwing a bit of prestige into it but yeah that'll be something that dads will be into because. Come on, Scorsese, horror, doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was Quiet Place, because th- yeah. that that just made sense. And lastly, The Crazies, because Timothy Oliphant, mm. dads would be like, yeah, I wish I could be Timothy Oliphant. And like, yeah, everyone does, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's my uh, backups there, my very comprehensive <laughs> list of backups. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, there's a definitely I think some crossover with a lot of ours uh, on there. Uh, Nick, man, what about you? What were some of your uh, undrafted free agents? Um, let's see. Let's talk about the Exorcist. I had Last House on the left on there, which I'm not even I'm not sure about, <laughs> but maybe yeah. the original. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. It could depends on the dad i guess yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> questions in we'll the uh, that household sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah what did i have on my list in the 80s i had poltergeist uh american werewolf in london mm. Pumpkinhead, mm. which i think is a good oh, one yeah, about a dad like you know yeah but, and Pumpkinhead and and maybe kind of a sister movie there pet cemetery just yes. again about grief of losing a and Stephen King talks about that all the time, like why he thinks that's the scariest book yeah. he's ever written. And it's because as a father, the idea of like losing your kids is like the most terrifying thing in the world. So mm-hmm. that speak that hits differently yeah. now too. That's another one of those ones that you know. Um, let's see, nineties. I had, I think you mentioned all of them: Blade, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, Scream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the two thousands, I had Bubba Hotep. That was a, a yes. contender for sure. Yes. Um, oh nice nice I put sunshine on there uh, you said 28 days later I put sunshine because I it's not really horror I guess so that but I the last part I feel like it. dads just like Danny Boyle movies yeah they do and uh, yeah mm. I don't know why um, but I feel like all of Danny Boyle's like filmography is something that like at least my dad personally is into so I put that there um, <laughs> I had overlord in the 2010s I Seems yeah. like a dad yeah, movie. That's yeah, a good sure. one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Set during World War Two. Absolutely. Yeah. Dads love World yeah. War Two. Yeah, that's exactly. Some monsters in there. You're on to a winner. Imagine this exactly. Saving Private Ryan yeah. had zombies in it. There <laughs> you <laughs> go. Yeah, I liked Overlord. I think that that got. Un- well, I know, I know, it got like decent reviews, but I, I feel like it was fun. The chatter about it since then has not been overly positive. I feel like people looking back on it, and I really had fun with it. 
Yeah. Same here. I thought it was really good. I thought the way that, you know, it deals with some of the deeper themes of PTSD from war yeah. and everything just uh, re- 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 hit really hard, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think people wrote it off because they're like, oh, it's like the Cloverfield universe kind of thing. And they're sort of rolling their eyes uh, to it, even though it's really not that connected to Cloverfield no, at all. No, right? I was kind of hoping like, yeah. it would spin off into its own sort of fun thing. Because, yeah, if, if you're talking about a, yeah. a film that you know should have a sequel right about now that's one of them for sure yeah i think they were talking mm-hmm. about I, I would totally see a sequel i'd be all into that if they did it it was fun um yeah same here and then lastly in the 2010s i kind of just did an all elevated horror 824 type thing with um hereditary Nighthouse, relic um it follows those are again speaking from personal experience those are the types of horror movies that like if my dad is going to talk horror and if he's gonna go and mm-hmm. see a horror movie, those are the ones. And it's it's not the gore stuff. He's like really into. The, so like he loved Hereditary. Yeah. Um, as did yeah. I. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Um, so I put those on as a as a group bundle, never intending to actually pick them because you can't pick a whole group. <laughs> <laughs> so. All justified. All nice. Justified. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a lot of the same ones you folks mentioned, so I'm just gonna kind of maybe mention one or two from each decade. Um, one that I had from the 80s that I didn't hear either of you mention was House from 1986. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. it's literally yeah. about a guy dealing with his PTSD and demons who, once he gets over it, his child literally comes back from being <laughs> missing and his wife comes back and he gets his family back together. And uh, it really is just about a dad dealing with his shit and then getting his family back uh, when you think about it. So there, there's one from the 80s that um, I had on there. Um Okay, this is going to sound a little weird. I had Child's Play 2 for the 90s, and this is very weird because the dad is gone in the first one, but the foster, uh, yeah. foster dad, Phil Simpson, he is not like a jerk foster parent. He is actually the only one who shows concern about if they're the right place <laughs> for a child like Andy to go to when they're talking with a social worker. They're like, are you sure we're like capable to handle a child with his needs and stuff? Like in many ways, that's actually like being more considerate and compassionate to the needs of that yeah. child than just like taking them on willy nilly. And he's not justified. Yeah, his concerns were justified. He's not an asshole, you know, like, there's, like, one part in the movie where he gets, like, a little stern with him, but it's because, you know, if they don't believe him, of course, yeah. like, as as is want with little Andy there in one and two. Um, but he's never, like, a no. mean, like, foster parent or stepdad. He, he seems to have genuine concern and, and care and um, interest in him as a kid. So that was one that I was, I was low on my list, but I threw it on there just in case. Um, as you get into the 2000s, there was, uh, you mentioned The Mist already, that was on my list, as was The Road, another yeah. bleak kind of dad horror movie, but, you know, a lot of the movies I was thinking of, like, the dads were kind of evil, and I wanted to sort of step away from that, because I'm like, as a dad myself, I don't know if I identify with <laughs> the evil dads in horror movies, so, you know, like, The Shining, uh, Amityville Horror, those kinds of ones, I kind of intentionally didn't choose any of them, um, and then into the 2010s, there's two that I'll mention, which are Mom and Dad, 
which again it's where the dad becomes evil which is one of the reasons i didn't take it uh but with Nicolas cage and then the autopsy of jane Doe, so good uh very much like a dad son relationship is the core of that uh film think about that Uh, yeah so so, great great, is it brian Brian cox in that one (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, yeah. you're Hannibal Lecter the there. Hannibal Lecter. Not Manhunter. Thank you very much. Yeah. The <laughs> Hannibal. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Maz Mickelson over here. No. No. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's all about the dad like passing on his knowledge of his work and his craft to his son too. He's teaching him so much like during the movie. So that was one that really um, stuck out. But that I uh, decided to go with Train to Busan instead. Oh, good. Ah, those are all good so. choices. I can't believe I didn't think of obviously of Jane Doe. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I totally forgot about that dynamic between the two. One that one that I totally yeah. forgot for the two uh, thousands. Um, Horst. Oh, oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. That that's a great awesome, choice. But like I said, it, like having ten for each decade was too little for me. I could easily do a hundred. <laughs> like, <laughs> just list just keeps growing. Nice. Oh well, thank you so much, Umar, for coming on and doing the podcast with us. Uh, we loved having you. What a great uh, topic to draft, and what a fun draft this was. Thank no, you. So yeah, much. definitely come back. This was awesome. Thank you so much. No, we should do no another problem. one. Pleasure you had a bunch of topics, and we should definitely do another. Absolutely, pleasure was all yeah, mine, definitely. guys. This was awesome. But yeah, if if you know scheduling works out, and hundred percent, I would love to be back, guys. Honestly. Yeah, thank Wonderful. you. Oh, and we'd love to have. We should you. say like, is there? Can do you want to while you? are here do you want to like plug a site a website or like your i know your work and comics and stuff if, if um, you want to mention any yeah of yeah no worries so um um i should have a kickstarter coming out in the next couple of months it's for lad for the last issue just working on the script parts at the moment but that should be early 2023 i have um some co- uh, comics out with be uh, Black Hearted Press in Scotland. Uh, they're a, a publisher that's published some of my superhero comics for them. Uh, but yeah, just I would say find me on Twitter, but I don't do it as much. But you'll find my links there of uh, uh, of mm. you know where to buy it on Gumtree. Uh, is it Gum? No, sorry, Gum Road. <laughs> Gumtree somewhere on Gum Road and on uh, Big oh. Cartel. You can buy my comics there. Uh, but yeah, just keep an eye out, and I normally post stuff about any comics I'm releasing and my cute cat on Twitter. Awesome. Perfect. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Horror Drafts podcast. Tune in next time for uh, TBD. (laughs) We don't know yet. We'll figure it out. You'll find out when the the next episode drops in your feed. (laughs) All right, everybody. Take care. The song you heard in this episode is You Are a Monster by Monroeville Music Center. It's being used under a CCBY Creative Commons license and was accessed from freemusicarchive.org. If you'd like to hear more of Monroeville Music Center, you can find them on Bandcamp, their Facebook page, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Discogs, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And hey, if you want to reach out and communicate with us, please send an email to horrordraftspod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at horrordrafts, all one word. We'd love to hear any questions you have for us, suggestions for topics to draft, or ideas for guests, especially if you can put us in touch with them. Thanks everyone, and we hope to hear from you soon. 